0: all U.S. troops out of Iraq, just like Barack Obama did, and you know what happened there, okay? ISIS moved in, took over much of the country. Now ISIS is weakened, and they're centralized in Africa, so that wouldn't happen again, but Iran will move in. Iran much more powerful than Iraq. But Biden is uh, very carefully and uh, silently... Moving troops out of conflicted areas. Um, however, in Afghanistan, the situation after about ten days is already dire, as Taliban move on Kandahar. So U.S. bombers in support of the Afghan government uh, over the weekend let the Taliban have it. Not going to stop the Taliban; they'll take it over. And Biden's got to know that. I don't think he cares. But uh, I will keep you posted on all of that. So in a new Gallup poll, and and Gallup is starting to uh, tee me off a little bit because we asked them, look, we need the methodology of your poll, and they refused to give it. Their methodology is how many Democrats, how many Republicans, how many independents do you talk to? There's no reason why they shouldn't give it unless there's some sleight of hand. So anyway, this poll uh, just released says that Joe Biden has dropped in job approval to 50%, lowest in six months, disapprove 45%. Rasmussen-Delling Tracking has uh, Biden at 49 approval, disapprove 49 Now, Biden's numbers will continue to fall because you'll continue to pay more for gas, food, clothing, and other stuff you need. You got to buy a car, you can pay a lot more. So... Once Americans figure that out, they'll blame him. And it is his fault to some extent. Not 100 percent, but, you know, you attack the fossil fuel industry, the oil and gas industry, their price is going to go up. OK, so that's where Biden is right now. Let's get to the most important story of the day, which is COVID. So I know some of you are hard, tired of hearing about it, but this affects... Um, a lot of things in our lives, COVID. So the latest is that the Centers for Disease Control say that right now in America, those being admitted to the hospitals with COVID, and those stats are up, are 97% unvaccinated. Um, I believe the stat because the hospitals have to report it. It's not the Centers for Disease Control moving stuff around, the hospital's report. A lot of people don't believe anything the government says, don't believe anything the medical establishment says. What can I say? I'm a journalist. I look at it. I think this is factual. 97% of people getting severe COVID, so they have to go to the hospital, are unvaccinated. That should wipe out any debate over the efficiency of the vaccine. And remember, it's the Trump vaccine. And remember, Donald Trump urged people to take it. Okay. So right now we have different policies, COVID policies in different places because the federal government, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, can't mandate one policy for the whole country in COVID. It's unconstitutional. Isn't that interesting? But in Europe, They don't have the constitutional protections or medical privacy that we have. They don't have it. So in France, um, today they passed the COVID passport. So if you're vaccinated, 60% of the population is in France, 40 no, you get a passport. And you have to show that passport if you want to go to the cathedral at Notre Dame, the Louvre, any restaurant, any movie theater, anything. You got to show the passport. And so hundreds of thousands of French are out in the streets. They don't like this. And they're demonstrating sometimes violently against the COVID passports. But the government is going to basically hold the line. So if you're a Frenchman and you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. And the gendarmes will come and put you in jail if you try. In Germany, they don't have that yet, but there's a big move. The word is Angela Merkel is opposed to it. Now, remember, Germany has all of that history of authoritarianism, of totalitarianism. So it's a more liberal situation than France. Italy is going to have the passport. On August 1st, and the Italians are out in the street, too. They're running around. They don't like it. Um, and so they're. Uh, they're showing their displeasure. Um, Greece, the government in Greece, they're forcing all the people to get vaccinated. That's It's more than a vaccine passport. In Greece, government says you get back. I don't know what they're going to do if you don't. OK, um, but they say you have to. In England, not so much. In England, it's uh, you can't go to the pubs and you can't do uh, X, Y, and Z. All right, back to the USA. So because of medical privacy, nobody has a right to ask you your vaccination status. So the federal government can't ask you if you're vaxxed or not, all right, by law. But in the States, they can isn't that strange? So federally can't. So in the individual states, you could have much harsher vaccination laws or dictums, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, there's so much controversy here because 30 percent of our population, which is roughly about 100 million people, they don't want to get vaxxed. Now, I don't see it in California because Newsom may lose his job. He's not going to do it. Cuomo may lose his job. He's not going to do it. But Whitmer in Michigan and uh, the nut in Illinois, Pritzker, they might try. They might try. And how it would work is that you, the same thing in France. you You get a state credential or you can't go anywhere. I'm not predicting they'll do it because it's a mess, and it'll be in court like that, federal court. But the states are different than the federal government. So this is a fascinating story. So in New York City, where uh, it's just pure anarchy now, and I get a lot of mail, should I come to New York City? No. No, not now. If you have to come on business, you'll be okay if you get a to, to hotel. But you got to watch your butt in New York City. OK, so if you can put off the trip, put it off. It's not great to be in New York City in August anyway. It's a little humid, but um, the city is just it's incredible. So the communist mayor de Blasio says all city workers in New York have to be vaccinated or get tested weekly, which means they'll torture you. So if you're sanitation, if you're a cop, if you're working for the city in any other capacity, you got to get tested every week. You got to show the credentials. Believe me, you don't want to go through that. But he can't, he can't demand de Blasio that you get vaccinated unless Cuomo backs him up, the governor of the state. And Cuomo's not going to do that. So this is how government works. Federal, state, local. And they all have different rules. And people, most people don't understand that. So that's. COVID. Now, um, COVID has been used by uh, the left wing, by the Democratic Party, to amass power. So, in order to get socialism, to get progressive policies, you need a strong central government in Washington. You can't do it any other way because most of the states aren't going to cooperate with socialism. They're not. So, by having COVID as an issue, the far left push everybody else. Well, why are they so invested in having COVID, COVID, vaccinations? Because they want power in the hands of the central government. That's what they want. It's funny because they accuse Trump of being a totalitarian. And he had a streak, or has a streak, of that, but nothing like the progressive left. So that's what the left uses COVID for, control. Want to control. And that's why many conservatives say, "Well, you're not going to control me. Don't tread on me. I'm not doing it. Okay. Now, the Republican leadership, Mitch McConnell and all those people there, and even Donald Trump, is asking conservative traditional Americans to get vaxxed. But a lot of the politicians and the pundits on TV are not. Because they don't want to lose that 30% of the constituency. So I get mail all the time because I'm quite clear and have been from the very beginning that I believe the vaccination is good for you. Not as necessary, which I think it is too, but it's good for you because it protects you from a deadly disease and others. Now that's been my posture from day one. But I get lots of mail. Oh, you hate us. You're demeaning. Us. You know, all of that. But I don't do that game. I don't play that game. You know that. All right. I'm, I'm looking out for you and the country and I'm going to put forth whatever I think is best for you and for the country. But I've always said if you don't want to get vaccinated, you have the constitutional right not to. They can't force you, but you will suffer in access to certain things and you may get it. And you may die if you're older and have a a weak immune system. And you may pass it on to your family. All those are possibilities. Okay, so both the left and the right are using COVID in ways that are not looking out for individual Americans. Uh, Finally, real quick, Indiana University at Bloomington giving an award, distinguished leadership award to Anthony Fauci. All right. So he gets award, but he's not showing up. Virtual ceremony in December. Um, previous um, award recipients, Jocelyn Elders, Greg Luganus, C. Edward Coop. All right, do I care that Fauci's getting an award? I do not. I don't care. Do I trust Anthony Fauci? I do not. Did Anthony Fauci oversee money going to Wuhan lab? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Duran Paul's right. All right, Olympics. Now they're a bomb already. And there's two reasons why. COVID is the first. It's not fun. Nobody's having a lot of fun over there. Everybody's afraid they're going to get COVID. Okay? And uh, there's no joy. Uh, It's just, ugh. The Japanese don't want the Olympics. Most of the people there are against it, according to polls over there. Um, So it's not fun. And then there's politics. So, in the opening ceremony on Friday, 16.7 million US TV viewers watched. That's a 33 year low. All right, it's down 37% from four years ago in Rio, and it's down 59%, whopping 59% from 212 London England games. And part of the reason is political, okay? And you all know that, everybody knows that. So, right now, athletics, whether it be professional or amateur, are identified with progressives because they're the big mouths. But here's, here's the truth. Most of these athletes aren't political. They're not. I mean, Katie Ledecky, probably the Americans' best athlete over there now, is an amazing athlete. It's not political. All right, most, most of them are just hard-working American kids that I wrote for. But I have to confess, I'm not watching a lot of it. And it's not for a political reason. I'm just, it has not engaged me. So the worst offender are the women's soccer team, all right, led by Megan Rapinoe. Go.
1: The reason that we're here is because we never have actually had a reckoning with what our country really is. Like, this is America. Make no mistake about it. I think we showed uh, very much our true colors. This is not the first time we've seen a murderous mob like that. Um, I think you know, uh, uh, unleashing a white supremacist mob is nothing new to America. As um, you know, people of color, black and brown, uh, know that very well.
0: She's talking about the Capitol riot. Unleashing a white supremacist mob is nothing new to America. That's just dumb, all right? Offensive, misleading, whatever you want to say. So she's the face of the soccer team. So I think more Americans are rooting for the soccer team to lose than to win. Then you had the head of the basketball team, U.S. Men's, Greg Popovich. Go. Well, I think it's pretty obvious uh, the league is uh, made up of uh, a lot of black guys, you know, so to honor that and understand it is pretty simplistic. Uh, how would you ignore that? But more importantly, you know, we live in a racist country that hasn't figured it out yet. And it's always important to bring attention to it, uh, even if it angers some people. know, we live in a racist country. All right, now, Both Ms. Rapineau and Mr. Popovich are entitled to their opinion, okay? I think both of them are very ignorant. They could not stand up to a debate with me, all right? They would never do it because they know it would be over in the first round. But they feel necessary, it's necessary for them to diminish their country, When both of them are very wealthy individuals using our system to amass wealth. So one of them says white supremacist mobs are, that's common. The other one says, ah, we're a racist country. Why do you live here, Greg? You're not trying to improve anything, bud. You're a basketball coach. You just want to win games. You're not going out trying to do anything positive. So anyway. Am I going to watch the men's basketball? I don't know. I mean, they play, who do they play? They lost to France, and now they play Iran. I'd like to see them kick Iran's butt. Iran's worse than these people. And then the Czech Republic. I kind of like the Czech Republic, so I don't know who I'm going to root for. The women, um, they beat, who do they beat? They beat somebody. I'm not following them much. Will I watch the women? I will not. I will not watch them. Um, They beat New Zealand. Poor New Zealand. Six to one. So they play Australia tomorrow. The women's soccer won't watch it. Let's bring in Lauren Conlon. Uh, She hosts a podcast called Red Carpet Rendezvous. She is a contributor on 77 WABC radio in New York City, where I am as well. So uh, Lauren, you're much more in touch with the younger folks than I am. I I frightened them. And so if I try to talk to them, they run and, and, and in terror <laughs> and oh my God, um, sure, okay. so it's younger people under 60 that have basically said no more TV. We're not going to watch shows. We're not going to watch news. We're not going to watch anything.
1: Why? Mm-hmm. So I think number one, we are a generation that has completely lost its sense of humor, right? So. In order to enjoy a sitcom, you have to have a sense of humor, and my generation and people younger than me—they're way too worried about being woke than being entertained. And as far as the news goes, it just doesn't align with with you know their their agenda right now. So it's uh, you know it's today's culture. It, it really makes me sad as well. Even though it's it's people my age that are causing all of these issues, and I am well aware of it, and I recognize that. Um right, So you and, say and they're not.
0: There are no sitcoms for the first time in te- television history. There's not one new sitcom coming on in the fall. Um, so you say they don't have a sense of humor. They're invested in mm-hmm. being um, virtuous, virtue seeking, woke culture. Yes. all of that, and so they're not going to watch um, Hawaii Five O or uh, The Blue Bloods, or, or they're not interested. No, doesn't speak to them in, in the current lexicon.
1: So yes, it doesn't. Speak to them. Exactly.
0: It doesn't engage them. So where where then um, if all of the media is falling apart and it is,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, the average
0: age watching cable TV now, average age is over 70 over 70. When I was in the seat at Fox, I did a thousand. I'm sorry. I did a million. Twenty five to fifty fours. A million, 25 to fifty, we hit. I mean, now if they do do 400,000, they're like, you know, popping balloons. So where do we go now? Is it just going to be tribes all over America? Because there's no unifying force. It used to be the media was a unifying force to some degree in a culture. Now it isn't.
1: Yes. I agree with you. And, and it's interesting because over 6 million homes have dropped their cable plan um, over the last year. So, and it's just expected to get worse at this time. Everyone's listening to podcasts or, or, you know, like we talked about before, they're just not interested in the news. And now conservatives, on the other hand, have no interest in watching TV because they think that Hollywood is pushing their liberal agenda on them somehow. And they're, and they're, script writing or whatever it might be. And they hate them so much in fact that they refuse to support award shows at this point. So it's you know it makes me pretty sad what's what's happening right now, only because TV in general is is meant to to entertain us and inform us.
0: Well it was as I said a unifying force culturally in America. All right. Mm -hmm. So everybody knew Ed Sullivan show, the Beatles, Elvis when they were on there they knew the TV shows and in and, and the uh, history segment later on. I'm going to give you the top 10 shows 50 years ago in 1971. You'll be interested Ooh. to hear that even if you weren't alive then. Um, yes. <laughs> but anyway, how do you see under 60 Americans, under 60 years old, where do I know the podcast, but there are like hundreds of thousands of podcasts. How do you find all this? It's like the Tower of Babel. Is it, yeah. is it, what, no, you're right. That kind of you're out?
1: absolutely right. It's so hard to find podcasts. I mean, for me, it's it's crazy because Apple has so much control over this algorithm that just puts the most popular podcast in front of you. Or, you know, somebody paid XYZ to, to get their name out there. But, no, unless you're Joe Rogan or unless you, you know, you have a big network backing you, it's going to be hard to find Certain podcasts, let's say, but um, but no, people are still listening because they're just they're more relevant and and they're cooler. And people are also getting their news from, believe it or not, TikTok. I don't condone it, but that's what's happening. I don't even
0: know what that is. I don't even yes, know what TikTok do, is. Yes, you Bill. Yes, you do. Is... You know TikTok. I heard the name, okay, but uh, what what is it?
1: Okay, so it's the app. Um, it's it's actually really fun. I even feel like I'm too old for it. But basically people do all sorts of parodies and, um, you know, on news or on recipes or or, you know, movie scenes. And and they just turn viral because they entertain people.
0: So people give their opinions on a wide variety of subjects. It goes on TikTok. Didn't didn't the Chinese invent that or something? Is that something to do with the commies over there, TikTok?
1: Yes, they did, and it's also it's it's gotten pretty bad for young teens as well because it's it's a little um, it's a little sexual, it's a little risque. Like you can I would say not what I, let no, my use TikTok no editors
0: on, on TikTok. All right, Lauren, I want exactly. you to come back and talk to us from time to time about things that I don't understand um, because now I know what, TikTok is.
1: <laughs> yes, I am here for you, Bill. Whatever you need, you, I am here Lord, for you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome.
0: Okay. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Here's a very interesting story in New Jersey, Union County, New Jersey, Roselle Park. Um, A uh, 54-year-old woman, I'm not even going to say her name because I just don't want to bring on any hate to her, put a bunch of obscene signs in uh, her mother's front yard, uh, her mother obviously elderly, uh, and the signs say uh, F. Biden and all that. They're obscene signs. Okay, so the uh, town uh, got a judge, uh, Gary Bundy, uh, to remove three of the most obscene signs on the property. And now there's a court fight over it. So the ACLU is representing the woman pro bono for free, saying, no, no, she has a right to uh, put the obscene Biden signs up on her mother's lawn. The New York Times even agrees with the woman and the ACLU. But I do not. Um, I think this is a local issue. And if Roselle Park, the people who run it, or my town or your town, if they don't want public obscenity, they can make an ordinance, a town ordinance. It says, we don't want public obscenity, and if you do that, you're going to be sanctioned or fined or whatever it may be. Because this gets out of control. And, you know, there are children involved. And a woman, this is unbelievable, says, well, no children walk by my mother's yard. Well, come on. Come on. And have children seen and heard obscenity? Yeah, far too much of it. But I I don't want that in my neighborhood. Do you? Because once this starts, then it never stops. Then we have hatred on display everywhere. Now, you have a constitutional right to hate, but not to put people in a not threatening circumstance. You, uh, You can't say this is threatening behavior. But it is obscene behavior. OK, and you are, as an American citizen, have a right not to be subjected to that if your town agrees. So I think the woman uh, is wrong. And the ACLU and The New York Times are wrong, as they almost always are, even though they're defending an attack on Joe Biden. All right, COVID. COVID. So the CDC, uh, they don't know what to do about this variant that has hit the unvaccinated population of the United States heart. They don't know what to do. So 30% of us are unvaccinated. And this Delta variant COVID thing is now coming strong. And a lot of people getting it who are, again, unvaccinated. 97% of those hospitalized in the last month or so are unvaccinated, according to the hospitals themselves. So now the CDC doesn't know what to do because 30% and a lot of people. So they're issuing guidance, not mandates, because they can't really do that. And the guidance is if you go inside in some high COVID areas like Florida, the highest rate of COVID there now, then you should wear a mask. That's what the CDC is saying. Is there anything wrong with that? No. It's not a mandate; they're not forcing it. If you're a private business, you can demand that anybody coming into your store, or your concert, or whatever you have indoors, has to wear a mask. You can do that. Now, I at this point will not patronize those businesses. I made it clear. All right, I don't want to run around, carry a mask around. I'm vaccinated. I'm not going to be foolish. I'm not going to go into crowds of strangers because no vaccination is 100 percent. None. But the, the stats are overwhelming that if you are vaccinated, you are protected. And even if you get COVID, it's going to be a very light situation. You're not going to be in a hospital unless you have terrible immune system. You know, there are always caveats. But there's a lot of discussion about this. Um, because the CDC doesn't really know what to do. Now, the federal government can't mandate anything here. All right, so Biden can't come out tomorrow and say, I'm signing an executive order, says you all have to wear masks. Unconstitutional. But the states can, as we discussed yesterday. And, of course, Newsom, the governor of California, is taking the lead. Go. Look, uh, we are mindful Uh, that we are here at an important juncture in the history of this pandemic, this disease. And while it's absolutely true, and I appreciated the comments, that California is leading the nation in terms of doses administered, over 43.5 million doses have been administered in this state, 17.6 million more than any other state. We are mindful of the increase in positivity rate. We're mindful of the efficiency of the Delta virus. We're mindful of the increase in case rates and hospitalization rates in this state, because too many people have chosen to live with this virus. We're at a point in this epidemic, this pandemic, where choice, individuals' choice not to get vaccinated is now impacting the rest of us in a profound and devastating and deadly way. Well, that's not true. It's not a deadly way. Those vaccinated, vast majority, maybe 99.9 percent, are not going to die. But the COVID thing isn't going away because of the unvaccinated. That's the truth. Now, Newsom himself is in big trouble. So the recall election in September, he may get booted. Uh, a guy named Larry Elder, who you may know, he's a commentator on radio and TV. Uh, he's in the race, and the polls show that he's gaining strength. Now, Biden, uh, Biden Newsom, is going to get booted because he overstepped his boundaries on his COVID. He ruined thousands of businesses by overreacting as he is now. But it is a terrible situation. Okay. Um, the cities that have said you have to wear masks inside now, these are mandates, are Los Angeles, St. Louis, Palm Beach, Florida, Pasadena, California, right now adjacent to Los Angeles, and Savannah, Georgia. Okay, so those cities can do that. Federal government cannot. In San Francisco, the private businesses, the bars, say you can't come in and drink unless you have proof of vaccine. That's San Francisco. In Boston, Boston College, Catholic University, says you can't come on campus uh, if you're a student in the fall unless you're vaccinated. So about 600 colleges have done that um, out of 5,000. And I think more will do it. And it makes sense because the kids are living in dormitories and they're into the classrooms. Um, It's a tough one, but uh, Boston College is a big, big school. So 600 have mandates, students have to be vaccinated uh, out of 5,000. And a lot of the other 5,000 have rules, and, you know, um, my two kids are uh, turning universities, and they're both vaccinated. That's all I can tell you. Cleveland Indians. Okay, so I wrote a book before killing the mob called Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America. And when I gave the publisher the title, there was concern about putting the words merciless Indian in the subtitle of the book. And I said to them, well, what else would you like me to say? That the wars were merciless, everybody knows that, and they were called the Indian Wars by historians because it was the whites against the Indians couldn't call it the White Wars, nobody would know what they were talking about. So I got the title on the book. But I remember thinking to myself, this is crazy. Indian now is some kind of buzzword, some kind of insult. Now Redskins I understand, I wouldn't have dropped the the name because it was used as an homage. Uh, Hail to the Redskins is the song that the football team used to sing. Uh, But I understand when you get into skin color, I mean, emotions go wild. But the Cleveland Indians? And so that name, which was in place since 1915, okay? I bet you don't know the first name of the Cleveland baseball team. 1907. Bluebirds. How about that, huh? Um, So the Cleveland Indians are gone. Now they're the Cleveland Guardians. I guess they're guarding Lake Erie. I'm not quite sure what they're guarding, but no more Indians. Now, I always say to uh, people, you can't demonize someone who thinks that the word Indian is racist. You can explain your point of view. But if you're a Native American and you don't want to hear the word Indian, you have a right. You have a right. But to cave in to all of this madness, Oriental. Can't say it anymore. Why? Nobody quite knows why. Oh, somebody way back used it in a derogatory way. What? So this madness, and that's what it is, politically correct madness, is just running wild right now. There will be a backlash. But it's too late to save the Cleveland Indians. Okay, the Catholic Church and Biden and Pelosi. So I'm going to wait on Biden. I'm going to deal with Pelosi today. Same issue. The Catholic Church believes killing a fetus is a grave sin. Because the theology of the Church says that all life comes from God and you can't take it. That's simple philosophy, okay? Now you can apply to capital punishment. I don't believe in the death penalty. I've said it many times. If I were in charge, the murderers and the rapists and all these people would be sentenced to prison. They'd wish they were dead when I got through with them. But I don't believe in a state taking a life. So Pelosi and Biden not only are what they call pro-choice, whereby they want American women to be able to have unaccent, unfettered access to abortion. That means anytime, anywhere, for any reason. A half hour before birth. They're okay. And both of them want you and me to pay for that. Taxpayers pay for it. So here's Pelosi's position. Go. Because it's an issue of health. Of many women in America, especially those uh, in uh, uh, lower-income situations and in uh, different states, and uh, it is something that has been a priority for many of us a long time. Uh, as a devout Catholic and mother of five in six years, uh, I uh, feel that God blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family—five children in six years, almost to the day. But that may not be what we should. It's not up to me to dictate that that's what other people should do. And it's an issue of of fairness and uh, justice for poor women in, in our country. All right. It's not up to me to dictate. Well, you're not dictating, you're promoting. So you're making it easier and you want people who don't believe that this is a moral practice to pay for it. That's what it is. So the Archbishop of San Francisco, who has spoken to uh, Pelosi privately, Salvatore Cordlione, he is scathing. And here's what he says, quote, Let me repeat, no one can claim to be a devout Catholic and condone the killing of innocent human life, let alone have the government pay for it. The right to life is a fundamental, the most fundamental human right, and Catholics do not oppose fundamental human rights. The smokescreen of abortion as an issue of health and fairness to poor women is the epitome of hypocrisy. What about the health of the baby being killed? What about giving poor women real choice so they are supported in choosing life? This would give them fairness and equality to women of means who can afford to bring a child into the world, unquote. So Pelosi will be denied communion, I predict, by this archbishop in San Francisco. Because his argument is, you can't say you're a devout Catholic and do what you're doing, because it's in the public eye. It's in the public eye. So I believe Pelosi is going to be sanctioned and soon. Okay, is that the right thing to do? What else can the Catholic Church do? This is a core of its theology. What else can it do? Now, I know the church is frightened. I know it's devoid of leadership in America and mostly around the world. I understand that. But if you're gonna abandon your core theological tenet, then there is no church. That I almost have to do it. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's gonna get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So CBS Morning News, very liberal outfit, as they all are in the morning. Um, And they bring on a guy named William Roden, used to be a New York Times columnist, now works for ESPN. So Roden uh, apparently is objecting to seeing the American flag at the Olympic Games. Roll the tape. That I too. love the opening ceremonies of March of Congress. Then I just realized, you know, man, particularly after these last four years, I had it wrong. Nationalism is not good. Mm-hmm. We've seen the rise of white nationalism. Nationalism is not good. And also this whole idea, I, I keep thinking back on the uh, Capitol riots. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of, um, you know, U.S. flags. Right. So now when I see the flag and the flag raises, man, where, what, 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 what America am I living in? Uh, The America that has allowed you success, Mr. Roden, that's the America you're living in. Okay, So this guy, he doesn't want to see the flag, the American flag. He's entitled to his opinion. I don't want to see him ever. But I had to show you the soundbite to show you how this lunacy is all over the place. Now, ESPN, I mean, if they didn't have football, pro football and college football, they'd be gone. I think mean, it's just crazy left. And who owns the ESPN? Disney. Mm. Scott Hawley, uh, senator from Missouri. He doesn't like uh, critical waves theory, neither do I. I wrote my column on it, posted on BillOReilly.com. I hope you read it. It will arm you with the facts. So you've got to take the emotion out of these arguments. So uh, Senator Hawley has uh, introduced the Love America Act in the Senate. Roll it. It's time to reclaim that and to teach our children who we are, who they are. And that's why my bill would say, listen, if a school district gets federal money, you've got to teach kids the basic truth about the country, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration, Pledge of Allegiance. These are the things, the the documents that express the ideals that unite us as Americans. You've got to replace the lies with the truth. And that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. There's a problem, though. That's never going to pass, by the way, because... In the Senate is a Democrat with Kamala Harris, the tiebreaker. Um, but the problem is, who defines the truth? You know, who, who, who does that? So the progressives are trying to ram this critical race theory down the throats of schoolchildren who have no idea what the truth is. They're six. OK, and that's horrible. It's horrendous. But if you put, pass a law, a federal law, that says we're not going to give you money unless you teach the truth, then somebody's got to decide what that truth is. And that becomes very problematic. So the way to do this is to, it's a local issue. And school boards and principals have got to be responsible. And I know many of them are not. But the folks have got to rise up in your town. If you see craziness, you got to fight it. So I taught history. It's not hard to teach it. It's not hard to teach it. Because things happened, and you pass those on to the urchins, both good and bad. All right, final thought of the day. It's funny, we have a news organization here that's a really good one, and I have good folks working for me, as you know. But we've, we've made an extension of that into the concierge membership program on BillOReilly.com, where I actually give advice to people who watch and listen to me in a variety of different ways. It can be a trip, where to go, where to stay, or it can be a complicated personal situation. Now, I can't give financial advice or medical advice or any of that, but I can help you out with the things that I've learned over a course of a lifetime in journalism, okay? So I'm asking concierge members watching now, if I have helped you, please write me a letter, tell me how, I'll protect your privacy, because we do that, You won't, nobody will know it's you, But just tell me how I've helped you out, and I'll read those letters tomorrow for others who might want to consider concierge membership. I really appreciate it. Again, it's Bill at BillOReilly.com. And we appreciate you watching this evening. We'll be back again tomorrow.